Welcome to The Truth In This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today, I am interviewing the CEO and creative director of Art Bay, a creative lifestyle brand made for those who desire to explore their divinely inspired impulse to create. Please welcome Carrie Michael Robinson. Welcome to the podcast. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Um, really glad we were able to chat a little bit before we got started. And uh, it's always good to try to connect because that's the thing that um, I think it's lost, right? You know, you, yeah. we're, we're all people. We all need, I think we were kind of talking about this desire to just kind of get away from the monotony, right? And yeah, hopefully, hopefully this conversation will be some of that. So, Tell me, tell me a, a bit about your background, where you grew up, things of that nature, and what ways maybe some early experiences influenced you into the art world. Sure thing. So uh, I am originally from Mobile, Alabama, and that's where I happen to be physically in this moment. Uh, I am Mobile, Alabama is the original birthplace of Mardi Gras. For those who didn't know, New Orleans commercialized <laughs> the idea, but Mobile originated the idea. So I have my bees on, and uh, yeah, uh, Mobile was a it was a small town growing up. Um, really family oriented, uh, but there was no culture as far as like arts culture, um, aside from Mardi Gras. So uh, I actually, after I graduated high school, I went to uh, Tuskegee University uh, where I was pursuing a degree in engineering. Um, found out early on that was not what I wanted to do. Um, long story short, I'll try to, I was uh, on a group pro project where we had to make spaghetti bridges. Uh, yeah. There was like five group members. I contributed nothing to the project. Um, <laughs> it was sad. I was just like, I'm useless. Uh, we had to build a spaghetti bridge that will hold the weight of uh, a weight. Um, and yeah, I did nothing, but I found an opportunity to create, we had to, uh, the last minute, create a website about the actual bridge. And so I'll jump in for that. And then I created a decorative component to the bridge. Uh, it was like a little covering for it, which mm -hmm. was pretty dope. Um, so we lost the, the bridge broke. We lost that portion, but I got, but we got bonus points for the website and the, uh, covering. So I was like, Hmm, I'm good for something. It might not be engineering, but, uh, it might be something that have to do with, you know, art and design. So sure. uh, after my freshman year, I, things just didn't work out. I ended up transferring to Florida A&M University in Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, while I was there, they threw me into the art program. I had to take any everything from ceramics to life drawing to watercolor painting to oil painting. Um, got comfortable with painting. So, uh, you know, I kind of stuck with acrylic and oil paints. Uh, while I was there, I founded the Fine Arts Society, mm -hmm. uh, which was a local arts, arts organization that comprised of the students and faculty. Uh, we just wanted to bring a better public appreciation for arts in the Tallahassee community and raise funds because we didn't get uh, we didn't get money or anything from the SGA like a lot of the other um, schools at FAMU. So, um, which you know, that's a whole other conversation how yeah. the arts is kind of erased from conversations. People don't think it's important. Um, but we wanted to let people know that it was. So started the Fine Arts Society. Uh, that was a good two, three-year run until I left. I went to Savannah College of Art and Design in Savannah, Georgia, where I pursued a, a master's in design management, which is business management with the emphasis on design. I wanted sure. to learn. I got the theoretical stuff. I got the foundation of arts, but I want to learn the business aspect of art, how to apply arts into the aspect of, you know, an agency for like marketing, advertising, you know, entrepreneurship. Uh, after Savannah College of Art and Design, I was at a crossroad, didn't really know what I wanted to do. 
uh, worked at a restaurant, worked at an apartment complex, transferred to Alabama, and then to D.C., where I am now. Uh, it just kind of created my own way. You know, as yeah. an artist, we kind of have to <laughs> pave our way. So fast forward, uh, I've been in D.C. for 10 years. Now I am a patent, a patent examiner, design patent examiner for the United States Patent and Trademark Office, where I uh, help people with intellectual property protection from uh, design patents, uh, which is similar to trademarks and copyrights. I also, uh, like you mentioned, I'm the CEO of the Art Bay Society, which is a collective here. We do arts, entertainment, and education-based yeah. programming with a with a passion for advocacy. Um, and I'm also an independent artist, so I have to let people know I am. I was an artist first, so yeah. I, uh, I'm tapping back to my artistry this year, where I uh, plan on having a solo show, um, and I just do multiple shows throughout the DMV and beyond, where I showcase a uh, paint. Um, paintings, mixed media designs, and things of that nature. Um, so that's a little bit about about me in a nutshell. Hell yeah! I know I gave you a little journey, but hey, <laughs> it took me a while to get. <laughs> no, nah, it, it's a it's a journey for all of us, and I think um, we all had that um, HBCU. And, you oh, know, yeah. you're, oh, you're, yeah. you're, you're doing the man. I'm gonna be an engineer. It's like I don't know if you're gonna be an engineer. It's like all right, you might be right. <laughs> I, I had the same thing. My, right. I, I switched minds from um, I wanted to go. To, it wasn't HBCU initially. I wanted to go to the University of Miami in Florida for oh, um, engineering, spe specializing in robotics. I got my I got oh, my lesson man. a little earlier. I learned in <laughs> physics that I was like, "Yo, you trash." I was like, "Gee." So, oh man, I switched trash. it. I switched <laughs> it to um, business and went to Morgan State up here in Baltimore, and um, it turned out really well. Full ride, all of the stuff. And sometimes you you might have the interest you might have the appreciation of certain elements of right, let's right. say engineering of design of art but it might not be your thing per se so it's like how do you how do you how do you appreciate it and maybe work within it but not necessarily in that direct way right 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 not as real so I read that your art practice shies away from the notion of traditional art. And as an artist, you describe yourself as colorful, collaborative, uh, cultured, and classic. Tell me more um, about your initial inspirations to paint. And if you can add another C in there, that would be great. Because I, mean, I saw like four <laughs> Cs. And I was like, all right, what do we got here, bro? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I work closely with the D.C. Commissioner of the Arts and Humanities uh, in the DMV, uh, which they provide a lot of opportunities and uh, money, like funding for independent artists and art organizations. Um, and they talked about the importance of having an artist statement, having something that kind of sticks out, you know, like you just kind of recited it to me. I, I never even heard it out loud. I always see it written down. I'm like, oh, it sounds pretty dope. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I love uh, fell in love with painting when I got introduced to Kahende Wiley, which is one of my inspirations. You know, aside from Basquiat, everybody loves Basquiat. Um, but I love Kahende Wiley. Like, he paints on large-scale canvases. He does portraiture. Um, but he fo there's a keen focus on the detail, man. His details are impeccable. He always kind of adds the highlights, the shadows and the faces and the fingers and things of that nature. And then he has the intricate background. So when you look at the whole entire composition, it just draws you in. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, adapting, um, I feel like us as artists, we there's always someone to look up to. Even music artists, they look to legends and kind of emulate, you know, and kind of create their own style based upon what they were inspired by. So sure. um, 
I kind of draw inspiration. I draw heavy inspiration for Kande Wiley. Um, I use color and a lot of my like a lot of color. I like things that pop from the canvas. But sometimes I'll play with monochromatic tones. Like I'll play with I'll have a black and white collage, but then I'll make the focal point, which might be a face or like a full body in color and mm -hmm. want that to pop outside of the canvas. And so uh, I say, you know, I shy away from traditional art because I feel like a lot of traditional art is two dimensional. Um, but what I do, which is different, and I kind of that kind of started in undergrad and I just stuck with it, is that I use a form called uh, mixed media. Mm -hmm. uh, and for those who don't know, mixed media is just using a variety of materials um, to create art. So I'll have a acrylic or oil painting on canvas, but I'll add jewelry, I'll add a uh, fabric, I'll add, uh, you know, like silk plants or something like that. I'll throw some glitter, some uh, resin, which makes it, you know, give it like a shiny coat, almost like gas and I, yeah. um, glass, I'm sorry. And I utilize all that to create the art so that when people see it, it kind of pops off the two-dimensional canvas and almost feels like they're a part of i like to create an environment i would say kind of like how selfie museums are yeah so uh you might be able to interact with the piece there might be something you can touch or smell you know so yeah. you know i like to play with the five senses and kind of use that in the majority of my work um but yeah yeah, playing with the five senses. I, I used to apply that to. I mean, this was this was in a in a in a dating concept, but I think it still can be applied to attracting somebody, whether it be to right. in a romantic way or whether it be to in an appreciative way, right? An appreciative way, right? So, oh yeah, I think if you're keen in on the five senses, it's like someone may not appreciate maybe this element of it, but then there's other ones to really kind of dive in, and you'll find something in there that. I mean, look. I can't wait. I can't wait until the scratch and sniff paintings come back. Like, yo, like, <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> these are, yeah, these are very interactive. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm the type of person that I'll paint a, I might, the subject might be a coffee shop, but I'll, I'll put some, I'll glue some coffee beans on it. I'll give, make it smell like coffee, you know, yeah. to have that aroma like you're in the actual cafe. Uh, Cause it's all about an experience, you know? And of course it's visual, but I like to make it, you know, I like to give it a, some of my paintings have a lighting component. Some of yeah. them are audible. I, I've had some music playing in the background. You know, it might have to plug up into the wall. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just like to, you know, just raise the bar, do something different. There's it's already a sea of artists out there. It's like, how can you make yourself stand out? And how do you pick something that resonates with you and kind of just stick with it? So, uh, and it's, of course it's okay to, you know, I might play around with like a, a mural. I'll be like, or, one time I painted on a dress for fashion week. I was like, you know, I don't want to do this long term, but I want to, I want to say that I've done painted on a dress before, you know? So, mm -hmm. uh, but I never, I always go back to my roots. It's always mixed media, big, large scale portraits. And I think it goes back to whenever you return, you might have a dalliance to like try something new to maybe extend and maybe expand, maybe yeah. reinvigorate. And I think whatever that guiding principle is as to why you're doing what you're doing, like I am a podcaster, right? So I yeah, might yeah. do this. I might do this type of interview or I might do, as I was telling you before we got started, I might do a movie review. I might yeah. talk about the news, but really what's the driving force behind it is I want to uncover things. I want to have meaningful, authentic conversations Absolutely. about someone's work or about content. But it's like, what are we consuming? Um, right, right, right. So so this is a question I've, been, I've added in recently I thought was interesting. Um, 
how do you navigate when you're traveling? And by that, I mean, what is the first thing you notice once you've gotten settled in? Um, and when are you checking into like that local art scene? Yeah, when I first get back to any anywhere I travel to, uh, I recently traveled to Las Vegas, and of course everybody that was that's so we talked about birthdays. <laughs> that's what I did. I celebrated my 35th uh, a month ago, yeah. and I went to uh, Las Vegas. I'm not a gambler, but I was more concerned about the architecture and just the there was a place called seven magic mountain where there's these colorful rocks stacked up on top of each other uh, i made that a part of my itinerary so the first thing i noticed is just the the atmosphere the environment you know uh the ambiance i feel like every every environment has some type of ambiance you know it makes you feel a certain way it puts you in a certain mood mm -hmm. um, because i feed off energy and even when i get into my creative space the environment has to be right you know i might it might be the music it might be the lighting it might be you know the temperature or something like that so um well the first thing i noticed in vegas was just the fact that it's i'm in alabama it's very two-dimensional we probably have like three skyscrapers <laughs> here but vegas you have these yeah. huge you know huge buildings that you have to look up like from the ground up you have the uh what was that New York, New York hotel? You just have all these different structures and the Cirque du Soleil shows. I mean, everything was just beautiful from that standpoint, from an artistry yeah. standpoint. Um, so I always look at um, colors. I look at the new businesses like here in Alabama, um, just to see how people are doing things. You know, a lot of uh, businesses are playing, you know, and that's design, you know, architecture is design as well. So yeah. I look at the different, <clears throat> different um, scenic things when I go to places, you know, um, and how do I navigate? How do I get to this art scene? Um, I'm always trying to connect. I'm always trying to go online to find out, you know, what is it? Like I found out about the Seven Magic Mountain yeah. in uh, LA. Uh, I have a small, Alabama, you know, it's they have a very small art scene. And because uh, a lot of people know me as an artist who was from this area, but lives elsewhere in D.C., mm -hmm. uh, the artists here look to me for guidance because, you know, mm -hmm. they're a little bit slow and behind on things here. And I feel like other areas are always more progressive and on the next wave. So I just try to reconnect the people, kind of share the wisdom that I might have gained and learned and earned and just to see what people are doing, because I feel like uh, there's power in collaboration and you get I get fueled by being around other creators. So uh, just tapping into the local scene, reaching out to people that I know in the yeah. area. And, um, you know, that's that's the way I get connected. And with Mardi Gras, it's so much. It's going to be a lot of culture here for the moment. Um, and I definitely plan on being a part of that scene so that I can I can get some of that energy myself. <laughs> it, it's it's a thing. Like, I, I think you key in on a big piece. Like, you go there, you get dipped, really. And, you know, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're bringing in some stuff. Um, I know for me... The first place I go to, because I, I I have such, and I think this 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 podcast as a as a as a large piece of like content really shows. I have a diverse uh, set of interests, right? So yeah, I can yeah. have a conversation with a chef. So I'm gonna go to okay, where where's the food spots at? What, what are they doing for <laughs> right, food right. up here? And and how is that approach? How is that treated? Um, then I'm gonna hang out in the coffee shops. I'm looking for the off. I, I don't go to the tourist place. I never go to the right. Place. Yeah, yeah. Me either. I'm like, it's like where? Cliche. I want to. Yeah, I'm like, like nah, where's the me... stuff at? <laughs> where's the the quote unquote the real, sketchy yeah, areas? Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because one, I'm gonna fit into it. Two, um, I feel like 
that's how you really grow and you're able to connect and collaborate because, you know, like going to, as I was, you know, describing when we got started, going to the, um, the, the last place that I traveled to, I was in, I was in Rhode Island and, you know, I did the fancy restaurant one night because, you know, the, the, the girl face was like, so are we going to, I was like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. And, you know, right, $300, $300 later, I was like, oh, okay. Oh, my However, she's fancy. I'm not. Um, <laughs> I, I, I was wearing Carhartt the entire time. I was like, that's a nice dress you have on. I'm just going to cover this up real quick. Right, right, right. Um, but I will say the funniest part about it at night was next to us was a table of like these people you would think are high class. And like, I felt like I didn't fit in and I'm looking at them. They're drunk. They're falling off their tables. I was like, oh, this is great. I was like, oh, we get <laughs> dinner and a show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That's hilarious. But then naturally, I like to go to coffee shops. So when okay, okay. that transition was make, was happening, and I know you were talking about earlier, uh, again, I think before we got started, when you come back from a journey, you need to like have that, that, that point of disconnection from getting back to the, oh, yeah, the grind. Yeah. So for me, I like to buffer it because I know it's such a stark difference at the end of a trip, especially even if you're right. getting something creative. I was like, I need to at least prep myself for getting back to work. So that last day, um, I um, I... That last day, I went to a coffee shop, and this was the third coffee shop I went to uh, during that week. So I went to everyone in the chain in that little part of uh, Rhode Island, and uh-huh. I just posted up and started working on questions for the next podcast when I knew I was going to be back. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be mad if I got a bunch of work to do, so let me at least get exactly. started. Exactly. Let me go ahead and, yeah, lay the framework out. <laughs> Absolutely. So from your vantage point as a creative director, um, a lot of a lot of time HBCUs, HBCU grad, and a person of color, how do you how does your work pay special attention to historically overlooked um, artist communities? Um, let's see, that's a good question. Yeah, I yeah, I feel like, and so our brand is very holistic. You know, there's I have colleagues of different uh, you know racial backgrounds, and they they're you know. We allow membership to anyone, anyone who has an appreciation for the arts and, you know, who, you know, art base stands for art before anything else. So anybody who's willing to put their art before anything else, you know, we love to have them a part of art bay. But, you know, um, but we, we silently, not even silently, like it's understood that we do it for the culture, you know, but we're yeah. holistic. We want to make sure that um, at the end of the day, we're giving our, you know, African-American, black and brown people, opportunities that, you know, historically weren't available. And um, there was an organization I was affiliated with, kind of, kind of, you know, kind of, yeah, I won't say anything <laughs> too much negative, uh-huh. but uh, when the whole thing with uh, George Floyd was going down in the midst of COVID, uh, you know, this particular organization was beheaded by a Caucasian male. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, we had a relationship uh, as far as like business and stuff was concerned in the arts. And, um, you know, he kind of mentioned to me, hey, like, hey, why is there so much exclusion? I feel like there's so much exclusion within the art scene. It's, everything is like, oh, a black artist this or a black artist that. And I had to explain to him, I'm like, well, I get what you're saying. Why well, I do get what you're saying. You have to understand that back, you know, back then, black art, you know, we weren't, we didn't get the highlight. We, it was always, you see in the history books, it was always, you know, people that weren't of color getting painted. And, you know, we didn't have anything to kind of look towards mm-hmm. that looks like us. Um, There were opportunities that just weren't available. So, you know, this is why you see, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, it's not, some stuff are not exclusionary to the point where it's like you can't participate, but this particular call 
it's for black artists. And, you know, that just is what it is. Um, so I always make sure that I'm looking out for my own without, you know, turning away any other people who want to be an ally or who want to, you know, help out and be a part of the movement. Um, so I always want to make sure I, you know, look out and I always also share resources. A lot of my artists here in the DMV area are self-taught artists. They yeah. might not have been able to be afforded the education to go to any art school or HBCU or anything like that. Um, so they don't, some of them don't have the business acumen. They don't know how to negotiate contracts. Uh, they don't know how to secure business deals. So they set themselves up where they work for free for the exposure mm. or they can't get outside of the social media realm where they get like thousands of likes and followers, but that doesn't translate to dollars. So I try to, you know, get them to kind of understand, like, you got to make it make sense. It's like, I know you want to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to you have to make it make sense. So I always want to make sure, you know, through the programming initiatives, through the workshops we offer that we look out for um, people of color, specifically everyone, but people of color and uh, African-Americans specifically. That, that's great. I, I think um, there are times where I'm, I'm in this spot where I'm out there doing a the fundraising thing and it's very it's an interesting experience and and I and I'll say that so I don't come off as a dick but you know still <laughs> it, it's kind of one of those things where you have elements where you don't want to some of these funding bodies you don't want to be demonstrative and say this is for a black artists because that comes with a thing right so right right Will people of color ourselves out to actually try to amplify certain communities that historically have not been invested in? And, you know, sometimes when you don't fit, then you have to have other groups like what what you're doing and other ones that I've interviewed really try to find a way to close that gap because it is a gap. And even going back to one of the earlier points you made as far as seeing that's represented, if you're in a city like like Baltimore, for sake of argument, right? Baltimore is over 60 percent black. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where are the dollars going at for, for, for funding art and things like that? It, I don't know if it's always repre- representational of who, who's here. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. and then you run into instances where you don't have a lot of black curators, you know, you right, don't have right. a lot of like black women photographers. You, you, you have like these different gaps. So when someone points out like, why is it for black? Like, well, because. Cause these other instances, they were excluded. <laughs> they let's, were, keep it, exactly. let's keep it. Let's keep it funky. Keep it one hundred. Keep it a beat. Yeah. Oh man. And I mean, yeah, and, and, then, and, and that's what I'm learning in in having these like types of conversations because, you know, people. It, it's not necessarily done with malice, but people just yeah, right, miss right, right. it. They just don't see it. They just don't know. They just like don't yo. See it. <laughs> yeah, and there was one instance. Uh, I want to say it was probably about four, maybe four or five years ago. Um, there was a black female curator who was working for an agency, a creative agency. Um, they were having an art show. The art show was for a grant, a fellowship grant. And the the only stipulation was that the artists submit a piece of work that best represents them Mm -hmm. as far as where they are on their journey. So, you know, with that being said, I picked a piece, um, that I felt like best represented me. Um, the piece is called Hope. Um, which stands for highly optimistic and powerly efficient. And there's a collage of, uh, there's a collage in the background of this particular painting that shows the truth of police brutality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just very transparent and uh, injustice, things of that nature. 
uh, there was no issue up until, you know, she got to the curation and she came back to me and was like, hey, you know, we can't display your artwork because it's proven to be disturbing to the general public. And I had an issue with that statement and I, yeah. I sent a long email back. I was like, I went and got this, you know, there was no, you said pick a piece to best represent me, but now you're coming back saying that, you know, you know, who is saying that? Who is the general public? How is it disturbing? You know, like, what is, I was just like, I have so many questions. Like, it sounded like she was yeah. a puppet, like someone yeah. was controlling her. And I think that's exactly what it was. And I was just like, we got to get past that point where we're, you know, trying to appease certain audiences. It's like art is art at the end of the day. And, you mm. know, you can't tell me to pick something that represents me, but then be, you know, it be, you know, so much subject subjectivity to it. And it's just like, you know, whatever. So long story short, I, you know, replaced that piece, but I walked away. Uh, I, I ran a campaign about it where it's talked about how art should not be silenced. You know, you can't, <laughs> you know, let people tell the truth in art. Let people tell their story. Let people share, you know, art is the outward expression of inward emotions. Is This is what I feel about something then let me express it in that capacity. Don't, you know, backpedal after I didn't spend $300 on a frame and, <laughs> you know, it, I, I didn't submit it. It just went through these set of eyes, but now it's all of a sudden disturbing. So, yeah, it, that was a crazy it's, experience, but you have these things. You have these things where, and you're right, I think that is that puppet piece about it. And, you know, you're, you, one of the things that I've seen is, like, we get into a spot where we try to have people who may not always be invested in the notion of art in the, in the, in the most macro way of it. And then yeah. it's just like, oh, well, you know, we, we're a little concerned we're going to get comments and strongly written letters. And, you know, sometimes it's like, look, the, the goal is the, the truth or what have you. As a 30-something black man, this is what I this is what my experience is. You're and correct. if that is exactly. uncomfortable to you, then what about that experience? Do you want to trade with me? What are you saying in the larger right. kind of scheme <laughs> of things? Because, you know, like if my, my thing is this, I'm, uh, I try to be as open to everyone's story as I can be. I may not understand it. I may not be able to relate to it in an intimate way, but I think it should exist and it should be out there. And Correct. I think it's supposed to test boundaries. The things that really attract me creatively are things that kind of test boundaries and are authentic. And I mm -hmm. think that's what I'm hearing from you. Um, and the things that repel me come off as like contrived. So for you, what is, what is yeah. like the, the, the largest thing? And this will be the last question before we get to those rapid fire ones. What be <laughs> what, what is something that really repels you from a creative standpoint that you're like, I, I don't want I don't want to deal with any of that work. I don't like this type of work. I don't really like this approach. And when it comes to the work, like what really repels you creatively? Um, it repels me when there's some like boundaries, like creative, I want creative freedom. You know, I get that, you know, um, when you're designing for, and that's another reason why I chose to, I have my full-time job mm -hmm. at the patent and trademark office, but I prefer to work independently, you know, on my own business because I've been in instances where I've worked for companies and, at the end of the day, there's no, isn't your work is not your work because they put so many parameters around mm -hmm. it. It's like you have to use these colors. You have to, you know, play with this subject matter. And then, you know, because I was also a graphic designer uh, for quite some time and you put so much time and effort and people don't understand when you're designing something. 
the fine, you know, the placement. They don't understand placement. It's just like you tell me to change two words and that just throws everything <laughs> off. And so, yeah, it's just like, don't tell me to do something, but give me all these stipulations. Give me my creative freedom. I understand that, like, if you want, for instance, someone comes, if someone comes and say, hey, I want a logo for a hair company. I want it. You know, I want to use script font and I want it to be pink. I love pink and gold. You know, I understand that, but don't, you know, whatever the scope is up front, give me that. Don't tell me I have free yeah. range and then come around because you have all these other people in your ear. And now you want to be like, oh, well, I don't want pink anymore. I was told to use bold font and yellow triangles. And it's just like, nah, you can't. We're going to have to charge you extra, baby girl, because <laughs> you can't give me creative freedom. And then when I'm set on something, when I have a vision, you know, based on the criteria I'm giving and I, I go I go straight to work when I have that vision and I start implementing, you know, that's what I'm, I'm passionate about it. I'm taking a yeah, project yeah. as if it's my own. I'm taking it like it's my own hair company and I'm putting my heart into what your design is. But then when you take my freedom away, you know, at the last minute, you think it's, it's, it's nothing to you. But it's a big deal for me because you just you just gave me all these stipulations and boundaries. So, I, yeah. I hate when people, you know, and I have to tell people, I'm like, all right, you can't, you know, it's a big deal when you change the scope of what it is yeah. that you're asking for at the last minute. So I know that's a general answer, but it's a big deal to me when people give me like too many boundaries to where I can't be creative anymore. And then I've designed things um, for, I was interning at a museum and we had to create all this signage mm -hmm. for this particular art event. It was a lot of flyers. It was a lot of uh, directional, like functional art. And then at the last minute, they decided to change the direction. And so it was just like, yeah, it was like hours worth of work going to waste. Then we had to rush at the last minute. I lost a lot of sleep. I lost a lot of, you know, time. Yeah. But we had to get it right for the client, man. And then they then end up using it at the end of the day. So stuff like that is just, it's disheartening and it's defeating to a creator, you know? Yeah, um, I, I think sometimes, and it depends on what the art is and what the work is creatively, that not everyone's appreciative of it, like, you know, because they don't know what goes into it. So when I do this, people just think, oh, you just go on a mic and you just talk. And it's like, nah, it's a little bit more <laughs> nah. involved than that. And yeah, right, right. I'll, I'll, I've had, it's been a lot better, like leaps and bounds better. But some of the earlier episodes, um, some guests that I've had on, they would just treat it, they, they wouldn't be, really be interested in the conversation. It's like, you're the one that's on it. And, you know, you got people preoccupied, you got people doing everything instead of being engaged in the conversation that ultimately is about you and your, your work. And, you know, that's that's a thing. And then I I try to be, like I said, I try my job is to tell the truth. So right, I'll, put right, the, right. I'll, I'll put it out. You know, I was like, from a sound standpoint, it sounds fine. It doesn't make you look good. And you know, when it goes out, it's just like, I did my job. And um, exactly. then they hit me back. Can you, can you take that down, bro? I, I kind of sound like an asshole in it. I was like, well, I'm, I heard you when we did it live and you did, but also, you know, but uh, hey, this is you authentically. Yeah. So, all right. I got four rapid fire questions for you and we're going to be quick with these and then we'll wrap up. All right. <clears throat> okay, let's do it. <laughs> if your artwork were music, what would it sound like? What would the genre be? You can name it as a song too. Like, y'all got this piece and this is clearly like Big Crit or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm an R&B junkie. I do love uh, conscious rap and hip hop. Okay. Uh, my artwork... <sighs> 
it would be trap. I would say trap jazz, like some Masego. <laughs> some, nice. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm a little classy, but I got to be a little ratchet. So trap jazz. Okay. I, I'm gonna make my own genre. How about that? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I'm sure it's out there. Uh, what is your favorite book? Ooh, my first. So I like self-help, motivational books. Uh, one of my favorite books is by uh, Devon Franklin, uh, who recently divorced Megan Good shameful shameful but uh it was called the hollywood commandments and i love that book because he talked about uh the way you know as a creative or someone in the entertainment industry um it could be very a lot of people sell their souls to the devil but he didn't mm-hmm. um so he was able to get success in the entertainment industry by just being himself genuinely and i love mm-hmm. that book as a creative you could tell i've been researching right <laughs> <laughs> right 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 Okay, now now it gets uh gets it gets it gets a little a little closer to the edge now. What would oh, you say man. your most uh marked characteristic, your most prominent characteristic is? Uh maybe personality wise. A lot of people say that I'm very thoughtful. Like I always uh even with Art Bay, I always like to encourage people to, you know, think about themselves in a positive light, put their art before anything else. Um, but I'm always putting others before myself to the point where I jeopardize my, you know, my own needs sometimes, um, which I'm working on doing better at that. Um, but I believe when you when you put people at the heart of everything you do, God will bless you in return and you'll be elevated so that you can bless other people, you know. So uh, I operate from that standpoint and I would say that my thoughtfulness and I was told my smile is contagious. So I'm going to give you all some. <laughs> So I'm gonna get y'all these teeth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is the last one, and it, and this this one I've been getting in trouble for this one recently because it's 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 wild funny to me. Um, what was the last text message you sent? Oh shit! <laughs> uh, the wild, the last text message was probably what you doing to, <laughs> but I sent that to a lot of people because I just got in as, as, as a YWD. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. You know that's a what they like what they say. Excuse my French, but they say that's the fuckboy statement when you ask what you doing all the time. You know, but Absolutely. it was in the, it was at a decent time. It wasn't like booty call hours. It was this morning, you know, when people at work. So. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was in what you're doing. <laughs> All right, that's a bet. That's, that was an honest answer. I appreciate it. Uh, so um, that's that's the end of my questions. Um, but I want to thank you for coming onto this podcast, and I want to invite you, encourage you to um, telephone folks where to check you out, Art Bay, all of that good stuff. Absolutely. So uh, you can follow me on Instagram. My personal Instagram page uh, is at Carrie Michael, and so that's C A R Y. M-I-C-H-A-E-L underscore on Instagram, carrymichael.com, my website. Um, you can also follow Art Bay at Art Bay, and that's A-R-T-B-A-E online on Instagram as well as the website. And I'm having a solo art show in the DMV area on April 16th. We're going to be doing a lot of marketing and stuff for that. COVID is over, guys. I'm claiming it. So come on out. It's going to be a physical art show. We need to experience art again. Uh, so follow those pages to stay abreast of what's going on with Art Bay and my and my solo art show. So there you have it, folks. I want to thank Kerry uh, Michael Robinson again for coming on to the podcast. And I am saying that there is art in and around your city. Uh, you just got to look for it.